Hello, citizens of the world. This is T.C. Rollins. And this is Rain DeGray. And it's hard to believe, but it has been 168 hours since we've last spoken at you in your general direction. And we're back. Ta-da! Once again, here to grace your ear holes like we do. For some of you, it might have been longer because here's the deal. We appreciate you tuning in and listening to us this week, but it might have been two weeks since you last heard us because you're not following us on Patreon because this is an even-numbered episode and all the episodes, even and odd, are available to our very kind and supportive Patreon audience. So if you want to hear us... Twice as much. Yes, twice as much. If you want to hear us once every 168 hours... Go to patreon.com backslash dirty talk podcast and you hear us every week. This week, a lot of my research was focused around proxy marriage. I started looking at it and getting kind of bogged down in the practice and the history of proxy marriage. You, you, do you know about proxy marriage? It's used in a number of ways. Mm-hmm. One of the ways that comes to mind immediately was that it was used by nobility and royals. When you needed to have a really important marriage that would happen often between people in other countries, if you're having a prince marry a princess and couldn't actually be there physically, but it was incredibly important for the marriage to go through, you would marry someone by proxy. Yes. So they would be considered legally bound even if they weren't in the same room. Yeah. Yeah. So for the for the longest time, it was only used by the upper echelon of society, usually for these marriages that were political unions. And back then, it took a long time to travel places. So the way it works is that you have somebody else stand in. You go through the whole ceremony with everybody there, but somebody else stands in for the absent party and says the vows and the I do's and everything for the absent party. I didn't realize that there were still going on quite a lot today. Huh. Under what circumstances? A lot of the circumstances that involved proxy marriages are if somebody is in the armed services and they are stationed overseas, they cannot be present for the marriage. So they will give their power of attorney to somebody else to be at the ceremony in their stead. And this person, again, goes through all the motions. I don't think that they then kiss the other person. I would imagine probably not. No. But then this proxy person signs the marriage certificate and it is considered a valid legal marriage. It is only practiced in a couple of states in the United States. Only Texas, Colorado, Kansas, and Montana have it in their laws that they can do it. You don't have to get special permission. For California, you do have to get special permission, and you can only be in the armed forces to get the special permission to have a proxy marriage performed in your absence. In Montana... And this is where it got really weird and went completely off the fucking rails for me, is you can have a double proxy wedding. So both sides can be proxied in? Neither person is there. Yeah. So you have the official, you have two Uh other individuals that are not you, and you have a witness saying, yes, this marriage took place, but neither party is in the room whatsoever. Under what circumstances do you need to do a double proxy wedding? It doesn't matter. As just so, as, just it's something you yeah. can. It's it's, it's so an option. Montana, I guess, I'm, specializes in it. There's a whole industry in Montana built around 
the ability to have these proxy weddings, not just the single proxy weddings, but double proxy weddings. So the only requirements Montana has is one, one of the people has to be in the military, right? So as long as you're in the military, you can do a proxy wedding in Montana or a double proxy wedding. Or if you are a citizen of Montana, you can do it without having to get any special permission if both people are like Montana citizens and living in two separate places in the world, they can get married in Montana without ever being there. Okay, like I'm tracking it. I'm just trying to think of like a real life application in which obviously it's needed to happen or these laws wouldn't be on the books. But I'm like, under what circumstances we like must get married? We're citizens mm -hmm. in Montana, but mm -hmm. we're not there. But we're going to, I just, I'm trying to think of some real life applications in which someone would desperately need to do that. How is there an industry built around it? There's an industry built around uh, specifically the industry caters to people in the military that are stationed okay. overseas and they okay. want to get married. And if a person living in the States wants to get married, if the person's in the military, they can, the person living in the States can go to Montana and get married to the person overseas in Montana. And, oh, and then it's legally binding, and then they can go back to their yes. home state. And most states oh, in okay. the United States have laws that recognize marriages that were performed in other states as legal, except for Iowa. Iowa will not recognize any of these proxy marriages. So any uh -huh. other state in the U.S. will be like, yeah, you're married. Either they, they recognize the marriage or they view it as a common law marriage, except uh -huh. for Iowa, who's like, no, this marriage doesn't exist. Wow. And okay. which is very progressive with Montana is that they open up this proxy marriage to same-sex couples. So same-sex couples can get married in the state of Montana without ever being there as long as one of them is either a resident or in the military. Okay. I had no idea. Here's where it gets really bizarre, though. It's already bizarre. How does it get even more bizarre? It gets really bizarre because when you start looking at immigration law, there's the question of if you want to marry somebody, if you're a resident of Montana and you want to marry somebody who lives in a foreign country and is a resident of that foreign country under the Montana law, you can marry this person without them being there. You could just have somebody else stand in at the ceremony for this person. Then if you're married to this person, do they get legal citizenship. Well, that's why they would be doing it, right? I mean, I can't mm. help but think that would be the loophole that people would want to use. That is the loophole that people would want to use. A lot of this has come to a head over the last couple of years. The reason why I bring this up is because of COVID restrictions. So many things have gotten oh. locked down. So the number of these proxy and double proxy marriages have been going up because people haven't been able to travel. People are stuck in certain places because borders have been closed. Now, the U.S., and here's where it gets weird, in my opinion, the U.S. doesn't recognize these marriages as being valid marriages, except I'm going to read you Section 101, Part A, 35 of the Immigration and Nationality Act, and it says the term spouse, wife, or husband does not include a spouse, wife, or husband by reason of any marriage ceremony where the contracting parties thereto are not physically present in the presence of each other, unless the marriage shall have been consummated. 
I went down the rabbit hole with this. And so what I learned is that you can have a proxy marriage or even a double proxy marriage where nobody's in the room to somebody that's a foreign citizen, but you have to prove it to the United States that after this marriage took place, you guys went and fucked. Wait, wait, but the, it's they had to have fucked before. No, they have to fuck no. after. So it doesn't matter. So I, I, this is part of what I read about all these laws is it doesn't matter if you fucked the person prior to the ceremony happening. And I was reading cases where people have children together. They haven't been married. The person lives in a different country. They have children together so they can prove like we've had sex. I've got the DNA evidence uh, yeah, to yeah. prove it. And, and they've been in a relationship for a long time. They want to get married. They have a proxy wedding, but they have to have signed affidavits and proof that after the ceremony happened, they got together and they fucked. So the United States <laughs> government says you can't migrate here and become a citizen until you fuck after you have the ceremony. So it's all based on this like weird old laws that we have, like where people would go off and have to consummate the marriage right away because the marriage becomes null and void. It's not legally binding yeah. until the consummation yeah, is Until happened. the dick okay. goes in, you right, guys right. aren't married. And so the U.S. is still operating under these weird arcane laws that, sure, you could get married without the people actually being present, but we're not going to even consider it marriage until you provide us actual evidence that you guys have screwed. So you need to take photos? Like you have to take photos know, while like, holding your ID? Here's our sex like, video? It's... Yeah, and then the government has to watch the sex video and verify it's you, and then okay, you're now officially married. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, is so the government's asking for porn. Yeah, like, how or, else or, I mean, I don't think that the State Department necessarily wants you to send them we, pornography. So here we are proving that the banging did happen. It's mm -hmm. a little unsteady because I'm holding the camera. Yeah. I mean, how else are you supposed to? Prove it. I was just uh, just some uh, usually <laughs> like submitting photos of the two of you together. After the ceremony took place, saying like, we look, we were together, like maybe holding the newspaper because if you have the record of the ceremony happening and then there's the picture of like the two of you together, like a proof of life photo, like here's us holding the New York Times with the date right here. We're together. Yeah. It's after the ceremony. We swear that we got together and we banged. And so therefore <laughs> our marriage is completely legit now, even though neither one of us were in the room when this marriage actually okay. happened. But we are now together and we have since had sex. And so, yes, you can legally consider us married. It sounds like the government is asking for sex tapes is what it sounds like to me. Possibly, I think. But they, that's when I started going down this rabbit hole. It's like, OK, so the government wants you to prove to them that you are having sex. That was the greatest <laughs> part for me. <laughs> I also learned that the only state that is currently allowing virtual marriages is Utah which is pretty open-minded for Utah. I mean, I guess they've always been kind of loose with their marriage standards if multiple people can get married and whatnot. They're very pro-marriage, I guess, in multiple forms, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, we'll, t we'll take virtual whatever. We just, we stand behind the Institute of Marriage. Yeah. The officiant has to actually be present in the state of Utah, but the two people getting married can video conference in and they hold the ceremony online. But as long as the officiant is in Utah and the marriage license and everything is signed and filed in Utah, it's married. So you can be on two separate sides of the planet, but as long as you have somebody in Utah willing to marry you online, you're good to go. I can't help but think that 
situations like this would arise most frequently over legal stuff. Like if you really need to get married, it's usually going to be for paperwork or insurance or wills or forms or, you know, benefits. It's the same thing as the proxy marriages that the royals would have is like, we need to have this. We need to have the families align. And this is the only way we're going to do it. We can't get the princess there in time. So you're going to marry this other person. I Mm, guess consummate the marriage with the person. No, 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 no. You were not doing. Nope, nope, nope. They were very strict about that. You got to wait for the person to arrive. You've been married for a year. We could deliver the goods at some point. But right when it gets there, just like the U.S. government, you got to fuck the person and have proof that the fucking has happened (laughs) or else there has not been a marriage. Correct. The people that this would never be able to work for are the people that are Burneshes. Have you heard of Burneshes? I have not. They are not allowed to get married. Do you know why they are not allowed to get married? Um, because they have hard-to-pronounce names. No. It is because they are sworn virgins and they have taken an oath that they will never get married in their life. Okay, so that's the vestial virgins. I mean, the the concept of virgins taking an oath of chastity and purity. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, nuns had to do that. It's pretty common in, in most cultures. Which culture is this? Albania, specifically. because So the Albanian word for man is bura. So these people are known as burnesha. So they are women that have become men. And after they take the vow to never get married and never have sex, they are then considered to fully be men. Okay. Oh, hold on. Okay. So I've never heard of this before. Mm-hmm. So the, they're they're women and they decide to vow to never have intercourse or get married. Mm-hmm. And then in Albanian culture, they can then declare themselves as men. They become men. So the, the ceremony takes place in front of 12 village tribal elders. The person goes before the elders and they take a solemn oath on the punishment of death that they will never have sex and never get married. And from that time forward, they will live as a man. Their pronoun changes. Everybody starts referring to them as he. And anybody that ever brings up their true sex, again, after that moment, does so on pain of death as well. What? Yeah. So this is a, a a way for people to transition that would feel that they were in the like. What's the point of this? Like, why do they do that? There's a lot of reasons why people do that, and most of them don't even do it because they're homosexual or anything like that. A large part of it has to do with property because Albania is incredibly patrilineal, so. If there's no male heirs, then they will often coax one of the youngest kids into taking this vow because women can't own property. They can't carry a gun. They can't drink. They can't smoke. They can't work. They can't act as head of household. They can't play music, sing, or be involved in the military in any way. So if your family is in danger of not Mm -hmm. having a male heir, a lot of times the youngest daughter is forced into going in front of these 12 old guys and being like, okay, I swear I will never have sex. 
and I will never get married. And they're like, cool. Now we now just give you. Yeah, now you're good. Yeah, you can hang out with us and you can smoke. You can't fuck. Can't fuck. Absolutely no fucking. Yeah, yeah. But you can smoke. You can drink. You can own property. You can have a job. Whatever. You're a dude now. And that's that's all it takes. The other reason why this happens is to avoid family blood feuds. So there are some cases where a woman fell in love with a man, but her family had already promised her to somebody else because a lot of times there was ways to link up families. So kids were promised to each other before they were even born sometimes. So if families, if two families had an agreement that their children were going to get married, but then the person wanted to back out of it because they loved somebody else. This was one of the only ways they could do it without causing a huge rift and a blood feud under their law where the two families would start fighting each other if they said, oh, wait, our daughter is going to become a sworn virgin. She's now a man, so obviously our kids can't get married. And so then the other family is like, okay, they don't lose any face on oh. that. But if they backed out of it, if the if the girl's like, no, no, I don't want to marry this person, then they would have a huge issue with each other. So the oh. only way for them to save face is be like, oh, no, never mind. She's a man now. So her only option to get out of a marriage she want to go through is to swear to never have sex mm-hmm. and never be married and have to change your gender. Well, wow, that's a really sucky society for women. It is. I mean, unfortunately, a lot of societies are sucky societies for women because in, in Albania, traditionally, once a woman was married off, she would just go live with the husband's family and then kind of would become property yeah. of the husband's family. So that's why a lot of them would do this so that they wouldn't have to be subjugated. They could stay at home with their own family. This is one of the only ways that they wouldn't have to go off and live in somebody else's house and essentially become somebody else's property. And then they get all the benefits of becoming a man. I mean, there's a lot of power. It does sound like there's a lot of benefits to being a man. Well, and there's a lot of power and that they're giving over. Like these guys are so, interested on the woman's sex organs of like i promise that i will never engage in sex and you give me all these privileges and power and they're like cool as long as you know there's never going to be any dick going in there you're good then you're a guy and nobody questions it and everybody's like cool yeah we're cool we'll hang out we'll drink we'll just like we'll just treat you like another dude do they have to start cross-dressing and cut their hair? Yeah, yeah. the so most of them, they, they, they wear men's clothes, they they okay. cut their hair, and they outwardly, they live as a man. Damn. Yeah, there's only a couple fucking... hundred of them left, because okay. this was a, this is an older tradition. Most of them are mm-hmm. older now, um, mm-hmm. because as times change with everything else around the world, women like, get... This is really not all that practical. There's got to be an easier way to do this. Yeah, but I mean, slowly society is becoming more progressive and women are getting more rights across the board in a lot of other societies. And so they don't have to go to this extreme path of disavowing their sexuality and then they get their rights to do whatever. Women are getting more rights. The few surviving Burneshes are all pretty old at this point. But once I learned about them, I was like, this is this is weird. This is crazy. I can't help but notice through most of human history, it's women's behavior and actions and holes being very, very tightly regulated and mm. controlled. They like to be policed. But yes. you know, if if you're if if you were a lesbian, this was be a 
easy way for you to transition and everybody accept you if you just go in front of these 12 old guys and be like, yeah, I'm good. I'm a guy now. And they're like, cool. Dream come true. I can have a job. I can own property. I can sing. Mm -hmm. I can... I can dance. I could basically do everything. Like, according to this list of things, women weren't allowed to do anything except for have babies. Babies and clean. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's grim. And, And still, sometimes people would happily give up those privileges and try and be a woman anyway. Mm-hmm. It's got to be very jarring to not feel like you're in the right body. That would be a godsend if you were a lesbian and you were like, I don't want to get married to anybody. Wait, even though I'm in an incredibly restrictive culture, I can make that work for me. Mm-hmm. I don't have to deal with any dick and I have all of these rights. Yeah, yeah. But then you still couldn't engage in any lesbian sex. You couldn't have a wife or anything like that. You have to no, just swear yeah, yeah. that you will never get married, never have sex with anybody, man, woman, goat i don't know. i mean i don't know about the goat i'm just throwing that in you could have sex with yourself yeah nobody can stop you yeah, yeah. i mean there's that's always an option unless somebody's always watching <laughs> let them jesus curb. is always watching jesus likes to watch that sort of thing as long as we're on the topic of people shifting their gender identity mm-hmm. i came across something in my research for this week's podcast it is a little grim it is a i don't want to add anything more heavy. We already have so much going on, but it is a PSA. And the PSA I have for you is do not attempt to do gender reassignment surgery off of YouTube videos. It's a good PSA. There's a lot of things in life that you shouldn't try to do off of YouTube videos. I think also taking uh, medical advice from YouTube videos. I think there's been a fair amount of that in the last couple of years. (laughs) <laughs> this bleach, see, this turpentine takes out the gay. Um, in India, there was a, a, a poor, unfortunate soul, a 28-year-old individual who had separated from their wife and knew their true identity was a woman, not a man, and decided to go through with sexual reassignment. And they were going to go to a doctor, but they unfortunately ran into two undergraduate medical students who were like, hey, hey, we're going to be doctors. We're not there yet, but it's fine. You can trust us. We'll be cheaper. We've watched the and videos. They met up. We're good. <laughs> we watched some videos we on YouTube. We read the comments. Oh, yeah. And they attempted to go through with the surgery and they failed and were not successful. And the man unfortunately passed away from uh, an excess of sedatives, which is usually how people pass away in situations like this, an excess of sedatives and hemorrhaging. Hmm. So the point I'm making here is don't try and save money and cut costs if you're doing something like sexual reassignment surgery. It's not worth saving money. Mm Yeah. 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 Save up for the good stuff when you're doing something like that. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think there's a lot of people in a lot of societies around the world that aren't able to have access to good medical care, especially in situations like that. It is, it is true. It's, it is, uh, I mean, like you said, things are getting better and things are getting more progressive, uh, but we still have a long way to go. As things get more progressive and we discover more stuff about ourselves and the planet that we're on and uh, everything around us, one of the things that we keep discovering is that homosexuality is a lot more frequent in the animal kingdom than we first realized. Yeah. How frequent, you might ask? How frequent is the homosexuality in the animal kingdom? 
In specific, giraffes. Male giraffes actually have more sex with each other than they have with females by a fairly significant percentage. Just practice. Just, just trying to get uh, some practice in. <laughs> you would think it was practice. No. There is actually much more elaborate social structures uh, among giraffes than we first realized. And male giraffes have more social uh, connectiveness with each other than females do. Adult female giraffes have fewer social connectedness, but the social connectedness they do have is stronger. So basically, the adult female giraffes don't have as many friends and, and connections with the other giraffes around them, hmm. whereas the male giraffes tend to be more social. They have got more, more networks. They interact with each other. So they don't have um, fewer, stronger relationships with the giraffes around them. They just tend to be more gregarious. I wouldn't necessarily say that it's they're practicing for when they finally get into some pussy. It appears that giraffes are very bisexual. They and just prefer the company of men. <laughs> in once I I've seen a a number of percentages given. They definitely across the board, what I have seen is that male giraffes fuck each other more frequently than they fuck females. Mm -hmm. And in one study, it showed that 94% of the time, it was male giraffes mounting each other, climaxing the whole thing. Huh. So giraffes do reproduce, but it appears that male giraffes prefer each other's company when it comes to banging. Mm -hmm. well, it seems like the, the female giraffes are just loners anyways. Uh, they, <laughs> they're maybe not as gregarious. They're kind of harder to meet. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, <laughs> they're busy having giraffe babies. I guess they can't deal with all this banging. There's like go, you know, you go off and bang. We had covered before that a male giraffe has to drink a female giraffe's urine to see if she's ready to procreate. So maybe they're like I don't have time to go around doing all of this water sports. Oh, I just time to go slurping up the urine of all these random ladies. And I got this buddy right my, here. My friend Tom can hook me up. Buddies are very important to have. It's not just male giraffes that are banging each other all of the time. Did you know that male dolphins form romances that can last their entire life? I wasn't informed on the lives of dolphins so much, no? We've covered dolphins on this mm -hmm. podcast before. And the assholes and they can be. They can be. Mm -hmm. They also can form bromances where two male dolphins hook up and it's like, yo, buddy, I got your back. And some of this pair bonding can be so intense between these two male dolphins. It can be a lifelong companionship that lasts until one of them passes away. They hang out with each other, they uh, protect each other, and they are each other's wing dolphin. Thin man, this is my thin man right here. <laughs> yes, and they are each other's fin man and they help each other get laid. Nice. And it's like, it's it's easier to get through life if you have a teammate, if you got someone on your side. And the dolphins are like, hey dude, we can hook up together and you know, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, and we're going to protect each other, and also I'll help you get some fin. Well, I bet this would also be helpful because when dolphins have sex, it usually has to be a threesome, 
because it's really difficult having sex in water. So generally there's a third dolphin that will come in and help keep the two that are fucking together. Cause, yeah. Cause they, you know, if you, we, we were looking into this, we were looking into like sex and space and how it works out. And right. they were obviously looking at other mammals that live in the water because it the buoyancy in water would kind of mimic the situation in space so there usually is the third dolphin coming in providing that push be like here push back on me and that's what they would kind of need for people having sex in space is somebody giving them that little extra cush and be like hey, or, let me you help know, you some in on belts that. or some loops or yeah. something some velcro well, well, straps dolphins don't have any of that stuff so <laughs> it would help having a good buddy and be like yeah. hey i'm gonna go have sex with this lady over here you you know back me up here be my third it's there your buddy helps with predator protection and increases your mating success nice. yes moving out of the water and back onto land, mm. but sticking with animals, okay. I want to share something with you. You and our regular listeners know how I feel about Viagra. Oh, I know. I know how you love that magic little blue pill. It's magic. It is a magic potion. It can do anything. We already know that it is an abalone aphrodisiac, mm -hmm. that it is a rose fertilizer, mm -hmm. and now, by the way, also- Oh, and it, it helps with uh, dementia, right? I think that was the last thing we talked about. It, it helps with dementia, mm -hmm. and it can save a dog's life. Oh, well, who's giving their dog Viagra? I'm so glad you asked. Among the many things that we humans have done is we have decided to breed- dogs and cats to have very specific characteristics. And unfortunately, when we do that, there can be a whole pack of side effects. Mm -hmm. Mega esophagus is a rare disorder that causes the esophagus to enlarge. In, mm -hmm. And when it is enlarged, the food can't move through the stomach. So it gets bottled up in the lower esophagus and it will basically kill dogs. Wow. In the end, they start vomiting. They can't digest their food. It can't pass through. Uh, generally, once they've been diagnosed with this disease, they have about eight months before they pass. Wire-haired fox terriers and miniature schnauzers are particularly prone to this condition, as well as German shepherds, Great Danes, Irish setters, greyhounds, and Labrador retrievers. Because mm -hmm. we fucked with their physical characteristics so much. There's the... Yeah. last byproducts of our dabbling in eugenics from the early part of the 19th century. Yes. And these poor animals have to pay the price. And if you really care for your pets, having them be diagnosed with this condition where they're just going to suffer and die is brutal. They have found that giving these poor dogs Viagra actually causes the esophagus lining to smooth and relax and the food passes through. The dogs start gaining weight and they stop throwing up, and they manage to live. Do they get horny? That's the real <laughs> question everybody wants to know. I, in my research on this topic, it, it did not specify as to whether the dogs got horny. Uh, what it did is stop them from dying and allow them to digest their food. It didn't give any clarity as to whether it also uh, made them aroused and gave them boners. Mm. But I'm just curious as to the scientist who's like, these dogs are dying. What can we do? They can't digest their food. 
let's just try some Viagra. Let's see. Let's We've see already Viagra. established. We've tried everything else. We might as well just throw Viagra at it. Scientists have, have, have gotten lobsters stoned. They have gotten fish to drive little cars. Like, scientists are busy. They keep mm-hmm. themselves entertained. Also, I think that probably the more that we explore Viagra and the more that we see the infinite ways in which this magic potion can be applied, someone was like, let me see if it cures dogs. It does. Great. Huzzah. Add one more to the checklist of success. <laughs> Might as well. Just try everything else. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, I'm sure the doctors will do that for me if I got some incurable disease. Well, have you tried giving him some Viagra? It can also be used to treat pulmonary blood pressure in dogs. Mm. Oh. And humans. Yeah. Well, that's what it was originally developed yeah, yeah, for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have some animal sex-related things for you, or just one animal sex-related thing for you, but it is a little sad. Oh. Do you want to hear it? I guess we'll end this episode on a little bit oh, of a down I... note. That's, if that's oh, okay. I mean... If you are consenting, listeners, stick with us. It's interesting. Okay. It's very, very odd, very interesting, but it's a little down. And it also has to do with uh, global warming, climate change. Okay, well, that's all your trigger warnings. What yeah. do you got for me? Uh, I'm, I'm sitting down. Let me take a deep breath. Global warming is making <gasps> honeybees ejaculate to death. <laughs> Wait. So what? They start coming and they can't stop? Well they, they, well, they can only come once. So drones, after they have sex with the queen bee, they will ejaculate. They- and die. and die. Yeah, it's like okay. they ejaculate and they they become disemboweled. Yeah, yeah, they like kind of like shoot um, everything out of their abdomen. I've seen it. I've seen it happen. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of the same thing. Like if they sting and then the stinger gets mm-hmm. stuck and then they fly they're away still. and they just disembowel themselves. They're they're a yeah. one and done kind of person, right? Uh, one and done kind of thing going on here. Yeah, yeah. So they ejaculate in this way where it just kills them. For some reason, they have found that. When temperatures get to about 42 degrees Celsius, drones start spontaneously ejaculating and die. They were finding this at a lot of bee colonies in British Columbia, because if you remember last summer, we were having massive heat waves all across oh, I British Columbia, all across the the Northwest. They were finding thousands of dead drones that had just been flying around looking for some way to cool off once the temperature hit this peak they randomly would ejaculate their guts out and fall to the ground dead oh so they're expecting this is going to happen more often as temperatures rise as temperatures rise that the the bees are just going to start coming to death Wow. But this is also going to affect the bee colonies because it's going to make it so that they can't reproduce as much. And a lot of these bees are used to pollinate crops because they move the beehive around everywhere and they go and fly around and pollinate the different areas. So this is another way that global warming is going to start affecting food supplies is because the excess heat is making these poor bees... Come, ejaculate and die come to death yes wow that is sad and also like what a poor bee like how did the bee design end up that if it gets too hot they just have an orgasm and die that's seems I, like an Im- no impractical idea. design yeah 
I'm just, I would be curious if human beings were wired in this way, because I'm sure that there's some big like subset of people that would try to get like, even if we didn't die after ejaculating, but if like some like extreme temperature made us come, I know that there would be some underground group of people that just would gather together. Like, yeah. It'd be like Bikram like yoga, massive. but except, you know, we're just all sitting in a hot room, just waiting, like you're just ticking oh, up gonna, the thermostat. Gonna, like, oh, my God, do you yeah. feel it? I'm sweating my ass off, but oh my God, I'm about to come. But you know, yeah, you know that if people were oh, like sure. that, I mean, I mean, people go weird and crazy with their sexuality no matter what. So yeah, if we were just like, oh, I'm sitting at 110 degrees, I hit sit in the sauna and I'm just coming my ass off, you know, people would yeah. do it. Sure, of course. You wouldn't be able to get him out of the sauna with a crowbar. No. So yeah, there you go. I warned you. It's kind of weird, yeah. but it's, it's it's kind of funny, but it's also it's, sad. At the same it's, time. it's all at the same time. That is a a complex pill of emotion I just processed. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing it with me. You're welcome. And uh, we're just going to leave you with that pill just <laughs> stuck in your throat there, dear listener. <laughs> Go get some water. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed joining us. You can find me at TC Rollins on Twitter. You can find Rain de Grey. As Rain de Grey everywhere. Just everywhere just rain to gray yes and you can find the dirty talk podcast everywhere on twitters and the facebooks and the instagrams and the instagrams yeah oh it's called meta now or meta yeah or whatever yeah reach out say hello drop us say hi back yeah recommend the podcast to somebody you like recommend the podcast to somebody you hate i don't know go rate and review we got a jaunty salute for you i do it's full of all sorts of freshly acquired knowledge about bees and bottlenose dolphins thank you for joining us we will catch you next week over and out ta-ta for now <laughs>